welcome back to the Shit Talk Podcast. I have one of my favorite people on today's episode as my guest, Melissa Darlow, a friend of mine from our nutrition program at NYU, and just a dear friend. I am so excited for you guys to hear the conversation and just a little bit about Melissa. Melissa's two passions, nutrition and helping others, inspired her to become a registered dietitian to help others succeed in their personal health and wellness journeys. With her background in health and fitness as an ACE fitness health coach, NASM personal trainer, and certified degree Pilates instructor, and education and training in communications and nutrition and dietetics from the University of Southern California and New York University, Melissa is uniquely qualified to provide nutrition counseling, health guidance, and motivation to a diverse range of clients seeking to live their best lives. Now, I can tell you as her dear friend, or I like to think I'm her dear friend, she's definitely one of my dear friends, that she is more than qualified to advise. I go to her with all sorts of issues, not necessarily even nutrition-related, just life-related, different scenarios. She's very practical. We have that in common, probably one of the reasons we get along so well, but I love her. I'm so excited to have her on Shit Talk, and I hope everyone enjoys our episode. Enjoy. Welcome to the Shit Talk Podcast, Melissa Darlow. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. My first podcast with one of my closest friends. Uh, It's a great day, Liz. I'm so excited. Thank you for coming and agreeing to come on. I love you. So any time we spend together, to me, is very exciting. And it's a Friday, so like the best. (laughs) I'm so excited. Um, so Melissa and I know each other from NYU, which I did mention in the intro, but she and I try to get together, I would say at least like once a week, we walk, we do SLT, we maintain healthy habits together. I'd say we live what we preach or at least most of the time. And if we don't, you know, it's for we're having fun while we're not and there's no tears shed because yeah. we are all about that, you know, work hard, live our habits and you know, play. Yeah, absolutely. Um but we always have fun together and she's also I mentioned this obviously in the intro but a Pilates instructor, Legree certified. For those of you who don't know, Melissa is a body rock instructor. So when she and I do Pilates together, I feel like I get to watch like a real pro on the <laughs> So subtle plug, if you're in the New York City area, come and take my class. Liz can attest. It's, it's a good time. Oh my God. It was great. I had so much fun. You were so cute too on the mic. You were just like bopping around. You did such a great job. You knew what you were doing, clearly. Hey, I like to be in charge and I like to be around people. So it's like the best of both worlds for me. Yeah, I loved it. So, okay. As many of you can probably tell from the title of this episode, Melissa and I are both registered dietitians. We get asked a lot of questions. Obviously, that's a part of our job. But in non-nutrition counseling settings, people find out you're a dietitian the questions 
just start flowing. So, you know, people are entitled to their questions, but one thing all RDs have in common is like, there's a few common questions you get and you're like, why does everyone ask me this? Oh my God, I can't believe they're asking me this again. So Melissa and I thought it would be fun to discuss that and to tell you guys, you know, if you do encounter an RD, first of all, what not to do, which I have mentioned (laughs) on a couple episodes, but like what not to do, but instead how to be productive with your time. Like, what to focus on, information they actually want and need, and ways to make the most of either the session or if you're just meeting them out in the wild, like if you have to pick one question, like a good question to ask. So that's what we're focusing on today. Not trying to shame anyone. Obviously, I can be a little um, direct and passionate when things annoy me, but it's not shame. It's just like some, if you think about some of the questions we get asked, they're just silly. So... That's what we're here to talk about. But first, we're going to start with how to make the most out of your session with an RD. So do you want to go first, Melissa? Well, the listeners couldn't see me smiling when you said passionate and direct because those are some of my favorite qualities about you. And I think that's what also makes you a great practitioner and dietitian. So yeah, let's get into what people could do to make the most for their sessions if they are considering having a session you know where do you even start who do you look for there are there there are a lot of dietitians in New York across the country you know across the world and other types of nutrition professionals so i'd be curious for you Liz too not to turn it back on you but if you were a client just starting to dip your toes into looking for a dietitian what would you be on the lookout for well, first, so like the main question I get anytime I meet anyone, what's the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? So my first thing I'd look for is a registered dietitian, an RD, or an RDN, which stands for Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. I'm going to break it down pretty clearly. The term nutritionist on its own, it's not a regulated term. Anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. It doesn't mean anything. Sally Sue in Oklahoma can bake pies and decide, you know what, I'm going to make healthy pies. I'm getting into nutrition. I'm going to start a blog. I'm a nutritionist. And guess what? Sally Sue can call herself that. She cannot call herself a registered dietitian. To to become a registered dietitian, you need to, there's very specific coursework you need to complete. You need to apply for, get accepted to, and complete a dietetic internship, which has I think it's a minimum of 1,200. It's either 1,200 or 1,400 practice hours. You're in several different um, units in the hospital. There's different rotations. It's like our version of the residency. Once you complete that, you're eligible to sit for the RD exam given by the Commission on Dietetics Registration. I think that's the CDR. It's like a lot of words. Um, But yeah, so to become an RD, very specific coursework, internship, exam. To be a nutritionist requires nothing. And I'm not saying there aren't good nutritionists out there, but it's not a term where you're taking a test, going through specific coursework. Anyone can call themselves that. So first I'd say look for an RD or an RDN, which is RD is registered dietitian. RDN is registered dietitian nutritionist. What do you think about that? (laughs) I think that's great. And then from there, get curious as to what are you hoping to gain from this session? Because there are 
yes, we have a limit of scope and practice as dietitians, but there are a lot of topics and, you know, conditions that we are trained and knowledgeable on how to interact with patients on, how to treat them, how to support them. So understanding what are your main health goals? You know, what am I hoping to learn? What am I hoping to accomplish? What am I dealing with? What do I need support on? And from there, you know, just like you mentioned, checking for proper credentials, checking if you are taking insurance, does my insurance align? If this is out of pocket, how invested am I? You know, is this something I see myself paying for, showing up for, listening to, putting the work in? Because there's one thing to show up for a session of any kind, right? Fitness, therapy, acupuncture, whatever it is, you could show up or you could show up and really be committed. So I think that goes in, that goes a long way as well when it comes to deciding, is this for me? Who do I want to work with? And, you know, what's my level of motivation? Where am I on the trans theoretical model of change? Right? Remember that one? Oh my God. And even if you're in pre-contemplation, you know, that's still good information to know. (laughs) Oh, I went there. The trans theoretical model, the stages of change. Um, I agree with all of that. It's interesting because I think what I've learned with a lot of people I've seen is sometimes they don't really know what they're getting into. They're like, oh, I'll go see a nutritionist, as everyone likes to call us. Or my doctor said you have to go see a dietitian. So we see them. They come to us. And a lot of them don't really know what it entails. So like you actually speak with them about their habits, changes to make, their medical history. And they're like, oh, I didn't really realize this was like that intense. Or I didn't really realize... A lot of them come in, they don't realize what it is. So you definitely have to have not just the mental space, but like the time and the feasibility in your life in that current time to actually do it and make the changes. And for some people, they're going through a million things, they're moving, they whatever. It just doesn't make sense for them. They can't make these changes now. And that's totally fine. But it's definitely something to know that going into it, you need to have the time, the energy, hopefully the positive outlook and just the mental capacity for it because it's not like, you know, you get a shot and you're done. Like it's an ongoing, consistent relationship and you make changes, you implement these changes and ideally you see results, but some people don't see results as quickly as they'd like. And it definitely, you know, you've got to have some staying power, consistency, resilience. So there's, there's more that goes into it, I think, that people realize until they're like sitting in a chair with you and then they're like, oh, shit, this is a Mm -hmm. lot of work. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about the consistency and just showing up because just like you mentioned, what if there is something going on in a patient's life and a client's life and this gets on the back burner, you know, there's a season for everything. If you have to step away, if you have to come back, if you had a lofty list of goals, which I'm sure we'll get into is not, you know, the best way of going about things and then you don't accomplish them, there can also be a sense of, well, why am I even going? I don't want to come back or disappointment in yourself. So we'll get into, you know, setting up a session and keeping things realistic. But I think a big part of it as well is trusting in yourself, trusting in the process and there are lots of ways to measure progress, right? Which we'll get into as well. And having that in the back of your mind where, you know, nutrition, health, lifestyle, so many things affect, you know, how we show up day to day. 
and yes, there are traditional markers of progress, but being understanding that these other, you know, maybe not as conventional or biomarker measures of progress are just as rewarding and will continue to move the needle around your health as the other ones would. Absolutely. It's so funny too, because like most people come to dietitians wanting to lose weight and that makes sense. I get it. Not everyone, but most. But what they don't realize is like your sleep improves, your mood improves, um, clothes are fitting better. Even, And I'm talking about even when the weight doesn't change. So people will like get discouraged, get annoyed. Oh my God, the scale's the same. But then there's all these other changes that oftentimes happen first. And as the dietitian, you know, we're like, oh my God, this is great progress. How are you feeling? Are you so excited? And they're just like, well, not real. Like I specifically remember I had one girl with IBS and she also wanted to lose weight. And she had had like um, loose stools, significantly like loose stools very often. And we got her to have complete bowel movements with normal consistency, but she hadn't lost weight. And I was like, she comes to the next session. You know, we'd had a few sessions. She comes to this session. I'm like, okay, how, how are your bowel movements? And she's like, oh, they're, they're good. They're normal. No more diarrhea. No more bloating. And I was like, my jaw like hit the floor. I was like, oh my God, this is life changing. She was just like, I haven't lost any weight. She gave zero fucks about the complete bowels, complete bowels, complete stools. And to me, I was like, this is like a lifestyle change. Like you're no longer running to the bathroom because you have diarrhea. You no longer have to carry around an adult diaper with you, like literally. And all she cared about was the number on the scale. So sometimes it's like the quality of life gets better. It's not necessarily about the number. And that I do understand when people get fixated on a number. I just like to say and nudge and remind them there's so many other things that do change when you start making changes. And a lot of times they show themselves before the scale moves, which is annoying. I totally get it. But like, it doesn't mean the other changes aren't worth focusing on. I've been nodding my head like a bobble head <laughs> because I stand and stand. What am I saying? I agree with everything you just said. And even if you can leave a session or after a couple of weeks, notice 5%, 10% improvements in some of these areas of your life. That's huge, right? And it's human nature where we forget about the original reason we came in through the door, you know, similar to therapy. And then years later, it's like, oh, maybe this breakup or this, you know, not knowing how to meal prep brought you in. And then a few months later, there's another issue that comes up. And if the old topic was revisited, it's like, what? I know how to meal prep. What are you even saying? So a lot of, you know, where somebody is obviously can change over time, but even being able to check in with your dietitian, with yourself and look back at some of these changes around whether it's your food, your mood, your bowel habits, your sleep, how they've evolved over time and being proud of yourself, right? It's a lot to show up and do this work. Absolutely. Yeah. People don't give themselves enough credit. I, well, I find there's the people that give themselves way too much credit, not in <laughs> dietetics, but just in life. Yeah. And then there's the people that like consistently don't give themselves enough credit and it's hard. People are hard on themselves and, you know, you kind of need the positivity to like keep it moving forward. So it's an important part, but I want to touch on 
some valuable info that you can share with your RD when you're meeting with them. Things that, you know, they're gonna, they may ask you, they should ask you, but definitely mm-hmm. things to discuss and mention to them. And at, they're qualified to discuss these things and answer if you have questions. So I have a few I'll just mention. Vitamins and nutrient sources, supplements, allergy education, allergies pertaining to food, that is um, mindless eating, or you can also say mindful eating, emotional eating. Um, I know you have a few on this list. Sugar cravings and energy crashes, and I would say blood sugar control, understanding your blood glucose levels, um, your relationship towards food and body image grocery shopping tips and meal prepping. What do you think? Yeah, that's a great list. No, that's a great list. I think another helpful thing to share with your dietitian is just being totally honest about your relationship with food, your current day of eating. You know, we can't help you if you don't tell us. So just being transparent, you know, if you say a perfect list of eating, but you're really struggling with another area of stress in your life and then, oh, any snacks after dinner? And then there's just this light bulb of, oh, wow. Yeah, I, you know, I smoke a little weed or I have a drink and then this happens and then this happens. Lifestyle habits all go together with the, the decisions we're making around food, around movement, around, you know, what we're choosing to reach for. So, Absolutely, this was a really well put together list of things that should be brought up with the dietitian and just the honesty around, even with something like supplements. You know, if you do have a laundry list of supplements, oh, why are you taking those? (laughs) You know, where did you get that information? Was this from your doctor? Was this from TikTok? Was this from a friend? I actually did my whole um, research study on this. I don't know if you remember, what was that class called? Research Research applications. Yeah. So I surveyed like 200 people, my closest friends, not really, but asking about supplements and where people got their information around supplements and what types of supplements people took. And when I say dietitians or even healthcare providers as being the source of information was the lowest of all of my options. Social media, print digital magazines, you know, friend of a friend were all ranked higher as sources of information around supplements and vitamins. So I think that's another important thing to touch on, you know, with your dietitian is what's your current level of nutrition knowledge and where does it come from? Yeah, that's crazy to me. It's insane that like supplements basically are word of mouth. Like, it's like a word of mouth business. It's like, oh, well, someone's was taking the supplement, so I'm going to take it too. Like, no, totally. <laughs> it's like, where do you get your nails done? Like, oh, this yeah. person's like, oh, what do you take before bed? Oh, this list of things. Literally. Yeah. That, I mean, that's such an important thing to, to um, share. And also something you can ask. Dietitians are qualified and ideally well-researched in that they can answer supplement questions and, you know, help you figure out which ones to take, which ones not to take. But yeah, the supplement industry is tough because it's, there's such a lack of regulation in the U S Amazon. Now, you know, you can get anything on Amazon, Amazon pulls from all over the world even. And so some of those things, it's like, who knows what's in it. 
Oh, totally. And I don't even start there. Like I'm not sending anybody out the door with a list of supplements until we figure out, you know, lifestyle, foundational Mm -hmm. habits. You know, if you are having poor sleep, I keep coming back to sleep, but let's say, or digestive issues, I'm not going to send you out with a list of things to take before addressing your current routine and lifestyle factors. So they can play a role, but of course, just like you said, knowing where they're coming from, you know, where this information is coming from are equally as important as taking something. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny. Yeah, that's my first thing is not like, let me put you on supplements. Like, unless there's like a very obvious like, oh, they're, someone's very like highly anemic or like B12 is super low. Yeah. But what, like, And in those cases too, a lot of times you'll get like, you'll get a B12 shot from the doctor or like they'll give you like medical, like a prescription grade, um, like vitamin D supplement or um, iron. Like in those situations when it's like so dire, there's usually something immediately given. But other than that, I wouldn't just be like, here's a list. Yeah. I am all like there's <laughs> other information we need. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so funny. And I want to touch on something you said before about like being honest with your, dietitian it's so important like I've had so many sessions where you're doing a 24-hour recall which means someone tells you what they ate in the past 24 hours and they're clearly just not being honest and it's like I'm not here to judge you and I don't really care what you're eating I I just need to know so we can move forward it's not like oh I like that food too oh I don't like that food like it's not about that it's what are you eating how much of it are you eating when are you eating and then we can start like getting down to business. I mean, honesty is really key. And I find a lot of people are embarrassed. Like I had, I had one girl once and she kept canceling the session. And then I finally, like we'd had a few sessions, then she kept canceling, rescheduling, canceling, rescheduling. And then I finally like got in session with her and she's like, I'm so embarrassed. I kept canceling because I didn't want to like let you down. And like, I deviated from the plan and, and all this stuff. And I felt terrible. And I'm like, why would you be embarrassed? Like, I'm here to help you and got to be honest. And and it, it was sweet that she was so invested and cared what I thought. But the point was like, you know, don't ever be embarrassed. And, you know, if you're struggling, definitely don't cancel a session. <laughs> I think it's better to have the session and then you can like get back on course as quickly as possible because the longer you avoid it, the further off track you usually get. And you brought up a really great point is that we're not here to judge, right? I'm not judging anybody except my dad and his bag of Cheetos. But that's, you know, that's me and my dad. But anyone I'm working with or even, you know, I'm sure you can relate to people you come into contact with. They're like, oh, you're the food police. Look, I sit at home and eat chocolate bars at night. So like – Yeah, I feel like that can be a misconception around people who are in nutrition or health or even in fitness. Like, oh, you're going to judge me if I don't work out or you're going to judge me if I like got this. And in reality, if you're coming into a session and you're seeking help, a good dietitian or therapist or trainer is not here to judge you. They are here to walk alongside you, hold up a mirror to your thoughts your symptoms and get curious as to what's going on in your body. Why is it important to you? You know, why are you, why are we here? Why are we doing this work? And what's realistic for you? So we're really not in the business of judging or anything of that nature. 
Yeah, zero judgments. And the other thing that I like to tell people is like, I've heard it all, so you're not going to tell me anything that would I would even think to judge. But no, that's so funny, the food police. I do have... I don't have food police, but what people oftentimes do say is like, oh, you're dietitians, so are you like judging what I eat? Like if I'm like out to dinner or like on a date, like I don't know someone well or something like that. I'm just like, I literally don't care what you order. No. What, like I do this all day. Do you think now I'm going to sit here and like yes. <laughs> order? Like, oh my God, the amount of times people have said that to me. I'm just like, it's so funny. Like, yeah, I don't know. But I also want to mention another thing and here's some shit talk for you. Another thing really important to mention to your RD that a lot of people forget about, but your bowel habits. Nutrition is directly related to your bowel habits. It's important to know, are you constipated? Do you have diarrhea? Are you um, gassy and bloated? Are you backed up? Like, we need to know those things. So I always love asking people, are you regular? What are your bowel movements like? And most people are comfortable. There's always some that give me like the deer in headlights and they're like, (laughs) you're asking me about my poop? It's just like, I'm definitely asking you about it. That tells me everything I need to know. (laughs) So that's another thing. Definitely share. A good dietitian will ask, but that's something we need and want to know because it's indicative of, it it can be indicative of a lot of things, even nutritional deficiencies sometimes, like the color Mm -hmm. of the poop or what's going on. So the more you share, the better we can help you. That's my point. Mm Mm-hmm. We also want to know, again, this is something I think people reserve for doctors, but like your medical history, medications you're taking, any allergies, like tell that up front because that also dictates a lot of things. We need to know if you have high blood pressure or high cholesterol or taking Lipitor. Like these are things we want to know. And I, you know, you give intake forms and people fill them out. But like we said, one, they're not always honest. And two, sometimes they're like, oh, I don't need to fill that out. They don't need to know. But it's like, we definitely need to know that. That's like very important and will definitely dictate some of our advice. And maybe we have helpful, you know, foods to recommend for something specific or, you know, we can dig into something a little bit deeper if we know you have this kind of allergy or if this is an issue. That's something I always find. It's like, I don't know if people just don't want to disclose it or they don't really get the connection, but like medical history, definitely let us know. That's absolutely. I've had a handful of experiences with patients where they had done a gastric surgery in the past and it wasn't brought up yet until like a couple sessions in where it's like, oh, well, yeah, in like 2012, I had gastric bypass. And it's like, well, that would have been important to know in the first session. crucial to know because yeah. how much you can eat at a time. You can't it's, like mixing liquid and food. Like that's, yeah, I've had that several Vitamins, deficiencies. Yeah. Yeah. So that Everything. really just highlights the point of when the question of prior medical history comes up, we want it all, you know, mm-hmm. back to even prior quote unquote diet, food history, you know, have you been a hardcore vegan for five years and now you're introducing animal proteins for the first time and maybe having some digestive troubles. But if we didn't know you were a vegan for so long or, you know, just having that upfront and honesty about everything related to what your background of your health is, you know, we don't want to pull teeth. 
So we will yeah. <laughs> as time goes on, but it, no, it, definitely to, to get that whole picture is essential because we can't put the pieces together without knowing where they're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like one of the ways our country has really failed us is just like no one sees the connection between food and diet and our actual health. And I think that's why a lot of people probably gloss over like disease states, medications, medical history. It's like we, that is directly impacted by food you eat. And there's even cases when it's like there are specific foods that need to be avoided if you're taking a certain kind of medication. So definitely information we want. And I also want people to understand the connection between diet and what you eat and your health and wellness, obviously like wellness. And yes, everyone thinks of weight and yes, of course it impacts your weight, but also your health. So that's an important point. I would scream that from rooftops. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Now I want to get into, how do I phrase this? We're going to say it, we're going to put it lightly. Um, things to avoid or things not to necessarily ask or shove down a dietitian's throat when you meet a dietitian. There's a lot of questions we get repetitive. It's a lot of them are silly. And, you know, the whole point is like, make the most of your time with an RD. So the first time you meet an RD, you don't need to ask about the keto diet. I have a keto episode. You all know my opinion on that. Um, Melissa, how many times have you been asked about the keto diet? Oh, God. I lost count, Liz. My cousin's sister's teacher, she went on the <laughs> keto diet and she lost 37 pounds. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Great. So should I try the keto diet? Like, probably not. Yeah. Um, and I like, and I always, when I mention keto, I like to make it clear. I'm very much into a high protein, high healthy fat diet with lower in carbs, but definitely like hitting that fiber goal. It's not about like shove carbs down your throat. It's just, I don't know if people understand the extreme nature of the ketogenic diet and just how unsustainable it is. And not to mention the constipation that comes along with it, the gut changes that come along with it. But my point is, I'm not saying protein and fats are bad. I'm just saying like the keto diet was such a rage for so long. And that was like while we were in school and then like became RDs. So that was like one of the top questions because that was like the timing for us. Yeah. It was, I'm sick of hearing about the keto diet. Obviously, I guess you could ask me, but like I don't really want to talk about it and I'll probably show that on my face. Um, the next thing you should not do when you meet a dietitian is start listing out a 24-hour recall. Um, true story, Melissa, I was in Scottsdale two weeks ago visiting a friend. Naturally, I was using my dating apps because I like to see the people in different cities because why not? It's interesting. And she's single, so I was like passing them along to her kind of thing. So I matched with a bunch of people. I matched with one guy, you Bumble girl, the girl has sent first message. I send the first message. He replies, oh, Liz, you're a dietitian, because it's under profile. You're a dietitian. I'm curious what you think of my breakfast. He literally lists out. I have oats. I put in whey protein. I just unmatched him. I just, it was like, I don't know you. 
I, I'm not interested in what you eat for breakfast unless we're in session, which is totally appropriate <laughs> to tell me what you have for breakfast. But if you just meet someone and you just start listing out your meals, what you have that day. Oh, what do you think of this? What do you think of my breakfast? What do you think of this protein shake? What? It's I will head for the hills unmatched. <laughs> and, and if this, that was remote, obviously, like through the screen, but if this or through the app, but if this is in person, I will just get up and leave. Oh my God. I remember that <laughs> happening to a date on a date for me a couple summers ago. And I told the guy, you're going to have to pay me if you want yeah. actual feedback because I don't work for free no. and I don't mix work and dates. So it's, you can either send me a check or I'll be on my way. Yeah. It's unbelievable to me the amount of people. And I know this, like one of my good friends, her dad, he's retired now, but he was a lawyer. And I'm, well, your parents are both lawyers. So I'm sure they could relate to this too. Or you could, you know, maybe you know what I'm going to say. But she said growing up, she always, you know, she always tries to be respectful of my time with nutrition and stuff, even though she's a good friend. And I would, you know, talk about it with her whenever she wants. But the point is, she said, my dad, you know, growing up, I always thought people would come over and like ask him legal advice and all this stuff. And she's like, it's yeah. so annoying. Like his time isn't free. And then it's like, he's here with me. We're out to dinner, whatever, enjoying our time. And someone's coming over. It's like, first of all, then hire me, set up an appointment. Yeah. Like it was, people were just disrespectful of his time, like thinking he'd give out free legal advice. And like, it's the same for doctors. It's the same with dietitians. It's like, don't, meet me and five seconds later tell me everything you ate yesterday and want an explanation one it's obnoxious but also too like to go back to the point melissa and i've been talking about is like we need so much more information i can't just get one day of a dietary recall and tell you what your problems are and give you a miracle cure like i want to know your labs i want to know your medical history i want to know so many other things i don't want to know them if you're not paying me for my time <laughs> so i just wanted to say that it's like that, that to me is like, I would say that's like the wildest to me, especially going on dates, like the amount of people that, oh, what do you think of? And then they'll list like a day. I'm like, yeah. well, I think I'm he heading for the door. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's too much. But it's anyway. crazy out there. Yeah. So don't list a 24 hour recall if you randomly meet a dietitian somewhere. My, another point I have to make, which I'm sure you agree with because every dietitian does, there's no one size fits all answer or approach. So to come up and ask a question, oh, this worked for my cousin, this worked for my friend. First of all, we need, you can't assume that we have all your info. We need your labs, we need your medical history. We're gonna need to know a lot more about your habits and patterns and things like that. And there's no just like, here's the answer. Like it's, there's oftentimes like a piece of this, a piece of that, a piece of this, and we put it together and that's what's gonna work for you. But there's no like formula for like, oh, if you have A and B, I'm gonna prescribe you this. Like it, it doesn't work that way. And just because something worked for your friend doesn't mean it's gonna work for you. So that as dietitians is like, it, I think it'd be really helpful if people knew that, at least going into a session or like, they, the the worst thing these days is like social media. Um, they'll show, here's what I eat in a day. Here's my workout. I lost this much weight, blah, blah. And someone does the exact same thing. And they're like, I didn't lose weight. It didn't work for me. It's like, everyone's a little different. Everyone has different requirements. 
Um, and also, who knows if that's what they actually ate in the day? Like, spoiler alert, probably not being honest or extremely accurate. So it's it's hard. And I get it. It's like we have there's constant like content just shoved down our throats. And it's interesting to look at and you see someone and they look good and you, you know, want to have a body like theirs or whatever. And like, okay, I'm going to do what they do. But like, you cannot expect the same results. You can't. Yeah, those what I eat in a day videos, not my favorite. I, I feel even from a dietitian perspective, it's like, oh, God, I'm not even doing all this fancy stuff. And this is yeah. my wheelhouse. So I think it yeah. for other people can lead to the comparison game, which is never a great feeling to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, but I just want to say when you were saying, you know, oh, I'm, I, this is like your wheelhouse, but they're doing all these fancy things that you're not doing. I was actually just texting with a friend earlier this morning. Well, all day because I harass her all day, but she's getting (laughs) married soon and she wants to lose weight. And she looks great. She just wants to lose some weight that she gained in COVID. Like, fine. Honestly, what I advised her was to go back to basics. And this is where I think a lot of social media gets it wrong. Like what you were just saying, you know, all these crazy fancy things they're doing. People forget my biggest things, drink your water, move your body, eat your fiber. Those three things. Yeah. Nice water bottle. Those three things. Nobody does. So before you start dropping all this money on a, you know, continuous glucose monitor or the lumen that you blow into or any of these fancy, and I'm not saying they're wrong, but before you go dropping money on all these fancy gadgets and freaking out and trying to get Ozempic and doing all these things, why don't you go back to the basics? Are you drinking enough water? Probably not. Are you getting the fiber you need? 25 grams for women, 30 grams for men? Probably not. And are you moving your body an adequate amount? If you're an American, odds are no, because most of us are sedentary. So to me, I like to keep it simple. Same with cooking. I'm like, keep it. We don't need a million drizzles and sauces and dips and yada. It's like simpler is oftentimes better. And because the diet industry and weight loss industry is just insane, you know, there's always something new and better and exciting and try this and a new diet and a pill Ozempic, I'll say it again, but it's like, drink your water. You're dehydrated. Try drinking your water and come talk to me in two weeks. Let let's see how you feel. Like, have you moved? Why don't you take a walk I, at lunch? Yeah, I love that. Sometimes it's so not sexy that it's can be disappointing for people mm-hmm. if they're expecting, you know, a really novel supplement or food or approach and this just reminds me of around a year ago I met a gastroenterologist just a friend of a friend's dad and we were talking about nutrition and he was like into to all the kids friends he was like what do y'all think is the one piece of information about nutrition I give to my patients Because again, not, you know, I don't speak about this at length. I'm more of the procedural side, but if they want my take, I have one piece of advice. And everyone was, again, guessing sexy things are, oh, take this, do that, do this. And he goes, this is what I tell them eat foods you recognize. Hmm. And apple's an apple, right? 
Cool. Eggs are eggs. Chicken's chicken. It doesn't have to be – it doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. It doesn't have to be crazy. So just like you said of going back to the basics, there really is so much truth to that. You know, not saying you have to avoid something if you don't know the name of the ingredients. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is sometimes just going back to the basics of this is – what I'm looking at is what it is. And that's, at the end of the day, a great way to meet your nutritional needs and eat a whole foods-based diet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I just think, I think that where people get tripped up is like we've all gotten so far away from basics that then when you recommend basics, they're like, ugh, I already do that. <laughs> But you don't do that. You don't, you're not drinking enough water. You're not getting your fiber and you're not moving. Those are three things. I don't want to say they're simple, but I want to say they're easier to achieve than being on some super strict diet. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I actually love that it's not sexy and that it's, these are my three things. Keep it basic. I also think people just get, it, it gets too much when it's like, a million ingredients or like you're taking all these supplements or all this shit you saw on, you know, TikTok or like those just add in complications. And I just think of my poor body processing all this shit. It's like, just let it, let it live. Keep it basic. I don't know that. And it's not to say that certain things aren't good or valuable or necessary. It's just in general, when people come to me, one of my first, like my first thing always, where's your water intake? How are your bowel movements? Where's your fiber? What's your movement? Like basics. Mm -hmm. Because that tells me everything I need to know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Totally. I'm switching gears. If we're talking about what not to ask dietitians, what what are your thoughts on Ozempic and weight loss medications? Because I know people are asking you about those. (laughs) That's a loaded question. So... (laughs) I think that decision is very personal for each and every person. You know, there can be situations where it's more indicated versus other situations where eh, wouldn't be my first approach, second, third, or fourth, or anywhere up there. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's medication, right? It's a drug. So with that is going to come physiological changes. We already know it can alter your hunger fullness hormones. We already know that it may cause side effects around GI conditions. We also know that if you go off of it, there can be that rebound effect. However, for some people, if they have tried everything under the sun, right? They have blood sugar issues. They have metabolic dysfunction they might be a good candidate. And I don't want to totally blow it off because this could be life-changing for one person. But I do always think, what was that recent Hollywood event? The Oscars or the Grammys? Jimmy Fallon made a comment. Or it was one of those. And Jimmy Fallon was like, you know, I'm looking around the crowd tonight and all I could think is, is Ozempic right for me? (laughs) And it was funny because this was a crowd 
And I don't want to overgeneralize, but this was a crowd that might not medically fit the profile of being, you know, a candidate, an Mm -hmm. ideal candidate for this drug, and we're taking it more recreationally. So that's where I would be hesitant. You know, if you just have five, 10 pounds to lose, that's okay. You know, if you want to lose that weight, lose that weight, but do you really need the drug to do so? Absolutely. Yeah, I I feel similarly. I have an episode on it and there's nothing wrong, no shame in taking weight loss drugs when it's indicated. When you are pre-diabetic or diabetic or you're obese or your doctor just thinks it's medically necessary, it's I have a tougher time with people who are looking for the quick 5 to 10 pound, the quick fix. Um and and again, I talk about this in my episode, so I'm not going to like carry on about it, but like that weight all comes back if you don't change your habits. So there's no shame in taking it. Everyone asks about it. Actually, earlier, same friend, the one I was telling to get back to basics, texts me. She goes, have you heard of Ozempic? I said, I'm not going to say her name. We'll call her Sally. I said, Sally, yes. Like, this is literally what I do on a day-to-day basis. What do you mean if I heard of Ozempic? Like, she works in tech. I want to be like, have you heard of a computer? Like, this is ridiculous. How, like, she's also just like, She's not into trends, um, but I was just cracking up because I could like hear her in my head saying it. And I'm like, yes, I've heard of it. And like, I just sent her my episode and obviously told her she's not a candidate because she's not overweight in any capacity. Um, but yeah, no, it definitely makes sense for certain people. But again, like you said, it's a medication. There's going to be physiological impacts and side effects. Don't get me started on the constipation. I talk about it on the episode. But yeah, delayed gastric emptying. It's so funny though, how it really like hit Hollywood. Like it's like the thing and I don't blame them. Like if you're constantly being photographed, you're on screen and people are always criticizing you and critiquing you. It's like, I would want to be as skinny and trim and fit as possible too. Like, I don't think they're crazy. Like they're not sick in the head for being like, oh, this is going to help me lose a few more pounds. Why don't I do it? Like I can't imagine the pressure they're under Mm -hmm. constantly being in the public eye. Mm -hmm. Um, But the only downside to that is now people see that and they think, oh, it worked for Kim Kardashian. It could work for me too. And the point is, if you're not really a candidate, I don't think it's worth the risks of taking if it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Agreed. So if you meet a dietitian you can ask them about weight loss drugs, but they're going to tell you probably what we just said. So keep that in mind. Uh, yeah. What about, okay. What are your opinions on meal plans? Because that's, I want a meal plan. Can you send me a meal plan? You know, can we, can you make me, make me a meal plan? Oh boy. So I think it helps to assess the level of motivation someone has If it's a quick encounter or a first session and we're not really going into anything and all the patient is looking for, oh, can you just send me a meal plan? Send me a meal plan. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I don't even know what kind of food you eat. I don't even – Right. Like about your habits, your preferences, your allergies perhaps. Right. So again, definitely not a one-size-fits-all we could start with, why don't we talk about a couple of breakfast suggestions, you know, that you would want to eat and we could 
brainstorm ways to make it more nutrient-dense. But sending a one-size-fits-all meal plan to it's just not really feasible, you know, for me to create, for someone to follow. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I hate the term. I get why people want it because they think, oh, I'm just going to stick to this plan. I'm going to lose weight. This is all I have to do. I just have to follow this plan. The weight's going to fall off. One, that's not true. Two, it's not realistic. I've never seen anyone successfully stick to it. Like, what are you going to do? Eat this exact Sunday through Saturday for the rest of your life? Like, that's why I don't like it. It's not, they're usually not helpful. Maybe someone sticks to it for a week, but Mm -hmm. like, it's not life-changing. And you can literally Google meal plan, vegetarian meal plan, keto meal plan. And it's like, if that's what you want, hit Google, leave me out of it. Like you said, I can discuss ways to like balance your plate, make balanced meals, look for nutrient dense foods, discuss a few options for a breakfast, lunch, dinner. But when you're talking like a specific meal plan, I also just think they're so outdated. Like I just, I have to say that term for me bothers me way more than keto. And you know, I'm not particularly into keto. Well, because to me, it's almost like, I feel like it's also like a quick fix. Like people just want the meal plan. They come into session. You know, can you send me a meal plan? It's like, I don't know anything about you. You could be Mm -hmm. lactose intolerant. You could be a vegetarian. How could I possibly make an appropriate meal plan if I know nothing about you? Mm -hmm. Because no one puts any thought into it. Yeah. I know if somebody sent me a meal plan, I wouldn't follow it. So (laughs) I'd be like, ew, why are you telling me what to eat? Right. I would want to make my own decisions in that way and be like, what can I eat? What's going to support me with my goals? What do I enjoy eating? And then with all that info, make my own decisions because I'm 30 fucking three. (laughs) And you posed a question before we were recording. I'm going to ask it. Have your views on being a dietitian changed since you've become one? That's a good question. Yeah. Should we we bring NYU in and let them know what we think? Oh, gosh. I think – Leave them out of it. They don't get any credit. They don't get any credit. I I think – and I heard someone say this on another podcast once who was a dietitian and it's escaping my mind who said it or which podcast. But she was advocating for the profession as a whole and saying meeting with a dietitian – is just as important as your annual physical or your annual teeth cleaning or, you know, meeting with your therapist, right? Eating and food is something you come in contact with every single day, more than once a day. Mm -hmm. So it's not shameful or wrong to want to get that, for lack of a better term, like checked out, checked in with just Mm -hmm. like you would your teeth cleaning or – you know, your vision. So it's another function of life and arguably one of our most, if not important functions, you know, what we eat has a major influence on everything under the sun, to name a few, our energy, our relationships, our sleep, our digestion, our, you know, confidence, our skin, Mm -hmm. you know, literally everything is connected to what you fuel your body with. So I think if the listeners can leave with 
another reminder, I'm sure you tell them all the time of why your nutrition and meeting with a dietitian is important. Having that comparison of, oh, I go to the dentist. Why wouldn't I go to the dietitian? So it, we exist, we're here to support and everybody could benefit from learning more about their body and their own nutritional needs or habits. Absolutely. I love that point. And I think it would be really helpful if people not necessarily were required, but that if it was taken seriously the way, yeah, you get your, your teeth cleaned every six months. You go to, for women, I go to an annual OBGYN appointment, you get your pap smear. I have an annual physical, like you should go see a dietitian. I would say at least once a year, at least. I would. And you know, it's so funny not to like jump in again, but all of those services are influenced by what you eat, right? Oh my God. A hundred percent. A hundred million percent. Teeth. Like your nutrition can play a role with period, you know, having a period, not having a period, the quality of your cycles, your fertility. Yeah. Endometriosis. There's things that, you know, there's specific diets to adhere to when you have different. Yeah. Oh my God. It's it's really mind blowing. It's mind. Now that we're like saying it out loudly, that it's mind blowing something we encounter for most people, a minimum of three times a day. And we don't really put much thought into it. You know, we don't take it seriously. And I'm not, Again, I'm all about basics, so I'm not looking to overcomplicate. It's not that you need to overcomplicate nutrition, but it is something that you should take seriously and something that you should perhaps consult a professional about if you are not feeling top-notch, if you have questions, if you've experienced allergies, like food allergies or intolerances. I mean, one or two visits with a dietitian, obviously I would say go more, but that could get someone's mind, you know, really jog they're thinking and just be like, oh, you know what? I have way too much of XYZ. I need to change it. Like just little tweaks, little things mm-hmm. that you're not even thinking about. Mm-hmm. Well, as a dietitian, I think it's important for people to know there's no one size fits all approach. And it's unrealistic to think any dietitian has a miracle cure. And nutrition is very personalized and it should be. We need the details to help you. The more details, the better we can help you. And we can't give you concrete answers without the adequate information. The other thing I want to mention is, I get this a lot, is something so good? Is something so bad? Is something so, can I have something so, is something so healthy? And the answer is like, almost always, it depends. Like it's never, most things are so not black and white. And again, this is why we need information about you. There's no one size fits all approach because some things are healthy for some people and not healthy for other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spot on. It's true. This is why we're friends. Oh, you're spot on, Liz. Thanks, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I know we're in the space, so obviously we believe in it, but Every day, I think you just learn more and more and more, or at least in my case, how much nutrition is related to everything under the sun. And I think the world would be a different place if nutrition education was prioritized from a young age. You know, if there was more access to nutritious foods that, I mean, I could go on and on and on about that. That's an epidemic in itself. But just changing the narrative around 
you know, food is, yes, it can make you feel good and bring you joy, but it also can help you live your best life. Mm -hmm. It it really, it really can. And there's no denying or out supplementing or out exercising or out, I don't know, cold plunging or biohacking your way out of a poor diet. And that's just facts. Yeah. You can't, you can reverse a lot of things with nutrition and you can't like you said, biohack your way out of a bad diet. It really does start there. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Do you have any closing remarks? I had a great time on the Shit Talk (laughs) podcast. I hope you have me back. And if anybody wants to check out my Instagram, my TikTok, meet with me, follow me, it's Melissa underscore nutrition underscore. And Liz, you're, this was a pleasure. Thank you it's for having me. It's been a pleasure. Me. I will have all of Melissa's info linked in the show notes. You should follow her. She posts fun things and I love her and she's a great dietitian. So what do you think of my new sign off? I've been saying stay regular. <laughs> <laughs> I That's just as important as stay well, have a good weekend. It's true. Yeah. To me, constipation is like the most unbearable thing. So for now, that's my sign off. Happy, if you're listening to this on the day drop, happy Monday. Have an amazing week and stay regular. Stay regular.